Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Each week, I will sit down with a friend who is an artist or creative as they share their story of how Jesus brought them from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. At the end of each episode, I'll be diving into a passage of scripture and bringing you truth straight from the Word of God. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters and that with God, even the broken parts of your story can have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. So I thought I would start the podcast off with sharing my own story. If I'm going to ask the guests I bring on the show to share the messy, the broken, and the dark parts of their stories that Jesus has redeemed, then I decided that I would start us off by being vulnerable with you and letting you in on how Jesus has changed my life. I know my story is far from over, but I do have a story of surrender And I rejoice in his goodness as I look back and remember all of the ways that he brought me from the dark and into the light and rescued me from my selfishness and idolatry in the ways I was truly white knuckling my life and my own agenda with a desire to control. He's drawn me into his love and his care through some hard seasons of stripping away. And I'm so thankful that he loves us enough to take us through the wilderness time and time again in order that we may love, trust, and know Him. About a year ago, I moved to New York City to begin a career in the performing arts. I was walking into a new season of not knowing what I was doing or how to even begin to make a way for myself in an industry in a city that has, on average, over 55,000 unemployed actors and actresses. Yet, I called New York City my freedom playground because for the first time, I felt like I was trusting in the goodness of God and His plans for my life without seeing the promise fulfilled. I was changing poopy diapers, babysitting, and yet I felt so full of joy. I was showing up to auditions at 5 a.m. to get in line, getting told no for jobs right and left, jobs I would have loved to have performing, and yet I held fast to my purpose. I was single, didn't get asked on one date, guys in those six months and yet had excitement for what I knew and still know God has in store for my future relationship and marriage. I was discipling college girls that God had put in my life in the city and instead of indulging in my own selfish wants, I spent as much time as I could pouring into the people I was blessed to do life alongside. And I look back and see every moment of those mundane days as a gift from God. Six months in, and I found myself in an audition room with Tina Fey auditioning for the role of Karen Smith in the Broadway production Mean Girls. Five days later, I found out I would be taking over the role of Karen Smith, an immediate replacement that would start three weeks later. So much changed in my life in a week's time. My dream came true. I was on Broadway, but not by my own doing. God had made a way where there was no way. I had one professional theater credit on my resume from a production I did in Arkansas my sophomore year in high school. I was non-equity and was hardly ever noticed at college, leaving my resume pretty barren. For the first time in a long time, the hard work, 
the behind the scenes grind, the practice room sessions for hours at night, the love and commitment that I had and still have for my craft was in a day noticed and God opened a door to a dream. I also want you to know that even if God hadn't done all of those things in my life, he is still good because that is who he is. His goodness doesn't depend on what he has given us or done for us. It's just inherent and having Jesus is and always will be enough. Now I tell you all of this, all of these good things, this freedom playground, this release to a Broadway job, before I tell you the broken and dark parts of my story, because I think this is what many of us do. We lead with the good, we share the highlight reels, we say glory to God, but yet we leave out the climax of the story. You may think that Broadway is the climax of my story, but there's a much better climax that happened in my life, and it's the climax that literally changed my life, and his name is Jesus. It's the part of my story where the hope and love of Jesus took me from the darkness and into the light. It's the moment I understood the idea of surrender for the first time in my life, and I laid on my bathroom floor crying and told Jesus I wanted him over everything else, that I wanted to trust that what he had in store for me was better than anything and everything else. That surrender was a prayer of giving over my own desire for control and approval to God and asking Him to be my first love, receiving His love and giving Him my life to do anything with for His good and His glory. Something powerful happens when you choose surrender and believe that He loves you and wants you, not because of anything you've done, but because He is that good. See, I wanted to know Jesus, but I hadn't given him control. I wanted to believe he loved me, but was carrying around the weight of winning the love of people. I wanted to walk in freedom, but was living enslaved to perfection, forgetting that I had the source of love and life with me and living in me. There were years in my life that I knew God, believed in Jesus, and knew his love for me, but didn't believe that he was enough. Instead, I carried a weight around trying to prove to others that I was enough. A temptation to pursue perfection became an all-out lifestyle that grew and grew. Being perfect in the eyes of other people weighed heavy on my shoulders, and I would do everything I could to hold every little piece of my life together. There were years from around the time I was 16 years old until about halfway through college where I let fear and my desire for perfection completely steal my joy. Instead of giving God my heart, I gave achievement my heart. It's all I thought about, worked on, and was striving for. Perfection held me in chains. I caught many glimpses of what God had for me. Don't get me wrong. I knew him, and I was, I was walking towards him, but I kept running back to my pride. When it came to performing... I beat myself into the ground and every ounce of enjoyment was stripped away because of my desire to get it all right. I spent years controlled by an eating disorder, gripped by an internal pressure to always look better and work harder to meet an impossible standard I had set for myself. I dated several guys seriously in college and ran to them as my source of love and validation, as well as an excuse to avoid investing in healthy and life-giving friendships and investing in my church community. All of these self-centered, controlling, and prideful sin patterns in my life were one, separating me from the Lord, and two, 
keeping me from living in the freedom found in Christ. And yet, I don't remember a time in my life where I didn't love God and was pursuing Him. I grew up in a family that loved God and shared with me the love of God and the saving grace found in Jesus. But for me, everything changed when I realized that I didn't only love God, I desperately needed Him. I couldn't carry it all any longer, and I came to the edge of myself. I needed Him because without His light, I was truly in the dark. So I chose surrender. Following a summer working at a Christian summer camp called Canacuck, where I stepped into new depths in my faith and reading God's Word, I got on my knees in my apartment on my college campus. I opened the Word of God, and I let the truth rush over me as I asked God to do anything with my life. I finally released my tight, white-knuckled grip and opened my palms, giving Him as much control as I could give in that moment. Since then, surrender has been a daily decision to lay my life down and to choose Jesus over everything. Surrender is daily drawing near to the Father, opening up the Word, and choosing to believe what He says over anyone and anything else. It's every single day opening my palms again and giving Him my fear, my hurt, my desires. But I have to confess, I am always hesitant to tell people about the darkness and the brokenness. I would selfishly rather just choose the good parts of my journey with Jesus and share those. But the dark and broken parts of me, I will leave those details out every time. We live in a world that functions off of being our own solution to a problem that only one person can solve. We are discipled by the world to share our highlight reels, to prove to others that we can meet an unreachable standard that is always changing to prove that we are good enough, that we are worthy of being loved. Even in the church, we do this. But the problem with this pattern is that we make ourselves the hero of the story and we completely miss the gospel. The deep longing of the human heart is to be known completely and loved unconditionally. Me choosing to deny my need for God guarded me from receiving the unconditional love that only He could give me. It kept me from confession and repentance and from receiving the support and love found in friendship with other believers. The first couple of years I was in college, I didn't have community. I think because I grew up in the church, I had never been in a position where I was walking alone and therefore I didn't realize it wasn't just going to fall into my lap, but that I was going to have to seek it out. I tried my best to hold myself together without being in community and it did not go well. I was reading my Bible every day and going to church and doing the best I could to grow in my walk with the Lord, but I felt so lonely and isolated. During that time was when I was walking through some of the worst of my anxiety and eating disorder. When I finally got to the edge of myself and broke, I remember praying and asking God for one friend. It was in that moment that I realized my need for community. And He didn't only give me a friend. He started to show me what that looked like. I started attending a college ministry with a few friends from my school, and from then on, I was changed because I was connected to the body of Christ. I felt full having a family of believers in the church to do life alongside, and I wanted everyone to experience that same fullness of joy in life you get when you have each other. So it led me to start a Bible study for women on our college campus. We would meet every Friday morning and drink coffee and eat donuts and study God's Word together. 
We found freedom from the dark parts of our stories together and shared in a common love of Jesus. It changed my life because, you guys, God uses lives to change us. So I encourage you, if you feel lonely, ask God to bring you a friend and then go out and look for one. Grab a friend and run to church. Make community. It won't just knock on your door. Community is your safe space to be loved and to extend love, to receive grace and to extend grace, to be encouraged and filled up with truth so that you can, with everything you have, go out into the world and share His light. You better believe when I moved to New York City, finding Christian community was the first thing I did. I dove into a church because I knew that I needed an IV of truth flowing into my veins as I embarked on a brand new and scary season of life. I was only in the city for six months before the pandemic, but it was through the body of believers, meeting with a group every week, showing up on Sundays, being invested in the church, where I experienced the love of God and was empowered with the tools, the strength, and the encouragement to share and show His light to the world around me. I look back and remember the release of surrender, the pain of being stripped of my pride, the time in obscurity, and the disappointment after disappointment, and I'm able to praise God for His faithfulness. The blessing of intimacy with the Lord, the fears I brought before Him over and over again, the sadness and the broken hearts. I learned to love Him more than a job or a role or a relationship. He aligned my priorities with His priorities. He was changing my eyes to see from His perspective over my own worldly achievement-based resume-worshipping standard. He drew me closer and whispered truth time and time again, picking me back up and chasing after my heart until I began to really believe that His love is better than all the other loves my heart was chasing. I don't have it all figured out. I'll experience a lot more disappointment in this life. Every day my heart wanders to fleeting little loves that I know won't satisfy. But the beauty of a life lived with the Lord is that when I seek Him, He loves me enough to remind me again of His promises. I keep learning that I have to walk through God's process before I see the promise fulfilled. Being released into a Broadway job lasted a moment before the world was turned upside down. I'm not positive what the Lord is doing through this between time we find ourselves in right now. If I learned anything in that time, it was that something as great as Broadway is still not even as close to comparably wonderful as having Jesus. Broadway was taken away from us as quickly as I was given the gift of being there. We have all experienced loss in some way in this time. Suffering and heartache are not absent in this moment. But the joy of knowing Jesus, of living in the light with Him, is resting in the peace of knowing that we have purpose in Him, even when all the things we have are gone, that the process has purpose, and that He works all things together for good, even this, even now. Lisa Turkhurst has been teaching me a lot about how to trust God when we face life's disappointments. I often resist telling hard parts of my story because of fear that it's not as hard as others. But the reality is, we all have brokenness, and I believe for as long as my story points to Jesus, I won't stop sharing it. I'm going to leave you with this quote from her book, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. Quote, Regardless of whether your long suffering is because of something big or small, 
Remember, pain is pain. It's all relative in the scope of your own life. And God's promises aren't just for certain people at a certain low point. His hope extends into any and every size pit or pothole. Please don't think if your situation isn't catastrophic that you shouldn't bring it to our discussion here. Sweet sister, pull up a chair and pull out your journaled heartbreaks and I'll do the same. My disappointment needs a promise fulfilled and so does yours. You need to be tenderly cared for and so do I. We need each other. We need to remind each other that we will eventually get to a better place. It's hard to remember what solid ground feels like when you're shaking in the middle of the tightrope. I'm desperate to see a promise fulfilled right now. I want God to magically make a bridge appear around the tightrope so I don't have to walk so slowly and be so scared as I make my way to the other side of all this. I want the promised blessing of Psalm 44. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. I forget that this kind of trusting in God is often forged in the crucible of long-suffering. God isn't picking on me. God is picking me to personally live out one of His promises. It's a high honor, but it doesn't always feel that way. I've got to walk through the low places of the process before I'm perfectly equipped to live in the promise. Quote, Lisa Turkhurst, it's not supposed to be this way. Well, thanks for listening, friend. Now it's time for you to listen to my conversation with my friend, Jenna Claire Mason. Gosh, I am constantly learning so much from this girl. She brings some real life to light, and she's just one of the most delightful human beings I've ever met. So be sure and check out episode two. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, and I'll be dropping a new episode every Monday morning. It would mean the world to me if you would leave a five-star rating and a short review. In doing so, you'll help me share this podcast with the world. There's also a link in the episode bio where you can sign up for my weekly newsletter. You'll get the show notes. You'll be the first to hear about new episodes. You'll get the scripture we studied and always a few fun updates from me, Laura Lee. Are you a college girl? If so, lean in. This is for you. At the beginning of quarantine, I could not stop thinking about college girls who were isolated without community and trying to grow in their faith alone. So I started an online Bible study community for you called College Girls for Christ. We gather to study God's word, to grow together, and to learn how to go and make disciples. This Saturday, September 12th, we are starting a new series on Jenny Allen's Get Out of Your Head. This six-week study through the book of Philippians is going to equip us to transform our emotions, our outlook, and even our circumstances by taking control of our thoughts and submitting our minds to Christ. There's a link in the show description to sign up to join the community and our study starting this Saturday. Shout out to my friends Mike Stapleton and Helen Kemeny for the original music heard in this podcast. And also thanks to Colleen Bruton for editing the show. Thanks for listening, friend. I'll see you back here next Monday. Now go and live in the light and I'll talk to you soon.